What is good, everybody? Thank you for listening to Stats and Mags on the Niners Nation Podcast Network. I'm Rob Stats Guerrero. She is Michelle Majuk from the NFL Network. What is up, Michelle? Hey, hey. Training camp has started. Training camp is here. You're back from vacation. Life is good right now. It is. I got to enjoy a nice weekend in Fort Lauderdale with some friends. I drank far too much at a bachelorette party, so my body came back (laughs) even more tired than it was before I left for vacation. But now tonight, we're going to Friday Night Lights for the Steelers practice, and I cannot wait. It'll probably be the only live football I get to see this year, which makes me sad. But I get to see my boy Najee Harris, and that's all I need in my life. Are you making a sign for Najee? I'm not. I'm not. If it was Zach Moss, I might. But uh, with Najee, I'll, I'll be cool. You know, I just want to I want to see him break some tackles because we are. You were shocked that they're tackling in Steelers practice. I guess they're not doing yeah. it yet in the soft 49ers practices. <laughs> but, you know, real teams tackle real teams. Listen to you, real teams. All right. Look. One team on this podcast has been in the Super Bowl twice since 2012. And one team hasn't. And that's all I'm going to say. Okay, well, one team has actually won a couple Super Bowls uh, in our lifetime. Well, I guess you're old, so your team has (laughs) as well. Who is this person that came back from vacation? You're just mean. That's what you are. You're mean. (laughs) No, but I have, so both of us, right? You know, a lot of people will try to put down our teams, but it's like every year. I mean, I guess the last few years has been a little bit rough for 49ers fans, but most of your life, like you've got to enjoy really good 49ers teams. Like they make the season exciting and no, they might not always win the big, the big game, but unless you have Tom Brady as your quarterback, you don't often win it. Uh, it, it's at least exciting football, right? You could be a fan of like the Lions. That would really suck. The Steelers are never bad. They might not be great every year, but they are never bad. I'm so old, like you say, that I actually remember the 49ers of the 90s when they were winning 10 games. They won 10 games every year for over a decade. So yeah. like I remember very clearly those seasons. And then I remember the years, you know, in the 2000s when they really... They've been either really, really good and gone to the Super Bowl, or they've been really, really bad. So I straddle both eras. Uh, We're going to get to. I I was 13. Not even. I think I was. Yeah, I was 13 when they drafted Ben Roethlisberger. We haven't had a losing season since I've been 13. My God. So like I am, I'm very, very lucky uh, that I've just, I don't know what I'm going to do once they go through a spell of really sucking. That's going to be bad for me. Well, I mean, it all depends on what they do after Ben, right? Like sooner or later, they're going to have to go through a bad, you know, few seasons. You can't just be good forever. I mean, if you get the quarterback right, it makes such a huge difference. I mean, that's why, like, even with the 49ers, there's so much riding on Trey Lance's shoulders. The future of Kyle Shanahan, the future of John Lynch, his tenure in San Francisco, obviously, like all of that depends on him. And the Steelers nailed it with Big Ben, and they haven't been bad since. And we'll see what happens when they move on. Uh, you have been tweeting relentlessly about Najee Harris. And I wanted to, like, make fun of you for it. 
But everything you're doing with him, I'm doing with Trey Lance. Like I see all the Trey Lance videos on Twitter and I'm just like, oh, look at that throw. Oh, look, the ball jumps out of his hands. Look at that. Look how fast he is. Look how mobile he is. Like I am just buying into all of that. I saw the tiniest video. That means absolutely nothing between Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance. And it also showed, you know, CJ Beathard or whoever, whoever else they had out there at quarterback. Josh Rosen. But- Yeah, uh, but they show the difference between Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance and their footwork. I don't think they're meaning to show the difference. They're just like, look at these guys are doing it. And Jimmy Garoppolo out there, he's not even an unathletic dude. He's he's completely mobile enough, but he just looks so much less fluid and less smooth than when Trey Lance gets out there and he does it. And then he throws the ball. It's like he looks like a real like the real deal. And Jimmy Garoppolo just looks like a fake out there. But I think that's just like how my brain wants to see it as well. So maybe I'm being biased. Everything just seems like it's so much work for Jimmy Garoppolo. Even the plays where he drops back. I feel like he never just drops back, goes to the first read, slings it there. Nice, easy completion. Like it's, it just always seems so difficult. And everything with Trey Lance <laughs> just seems so easy. He's flying around out there. He's very fluid, like you said. He actually met the media yesterday and he was like, he said one thing that I, I loved because they asked him like, hey, you just signed your rookie deal, which thank God yeah. it only took like they were like two hours before his first practice where he finally signed the deal. Like I was sweating it out. But they asked him like, hey, now that you've signed your deal, are you going to move? Are you going to find a new place to live? And he said, home is basically just a place to sleep because I'm at the 49ers facility so much. Like if as if I couldn't love him anymore. <laughs> Thank you for that, Trey Lance. And he's also, what, 21? He doesn't need anything fancy. Get him a nice comfy bed, some uh, a PlayStation, a TV. I feel like he, he's set. But yeah, I do love... He seems like he has the right mindset. And it seems like he's picking up the playbook like insanely fast. And he's like ready to go. He's looking good in practice already. It's This is the thing we were talking about before we got on. It's every player all across the NFL right now is looking the best, right? The best (laughs) they've ever looked. They're in the best fitness of their life. You know, they're faster than ever. They're slimmed down. I I don't know. It's so hard with training camp because you rarely hear that a player looks bad. Like when a player looks bad, that's when you have to take notice because it's like everyone loves everybody. But you know, the what we're hearing out of camp with Trey Lance has been all great news. He seems to be like chucking it deep and actually making connections. And that's what we need out of the 49ers offense. Get away from those short little throws. Like if you want to actually win games, you have to have the deep ball. And I'm trying not to get too excited. I'm trying to keep perspective, but it just seems like every box so far that Trey Lance has had to check in his quest to become the 49ers starter, he has checked it off. He seems to know the playbook really well. Kyle Shanahan talked about how in the 40-day gap between OTAs and training camp, he wanted to see if Lance you know, was working on the mechanical corrections they made and studying the playbook. By all indications, so far, it seems like he's been doing that. He's not really had any difficulty talking to the media about his relationship with Jimmy Garoppolo. Like he seems to know, you know, what his answer is going to be from that perspective. Like every time there's like a little potential red flag that might pop up, he just goes, check, check, check. And I know I'm buying in. I know it's early, but like I have a a huge man crush already on Trey Lance. And you should. Like I want you to be excited about it. I still believe, though, that he might not get the start. 
Like he, I don't think he's going to get a start until Jimmy Garoppolo gets hurt, which could definitely happen. Or unless the 49ers are losing a lot of games, which is a terrible spot to be in as well as a fan wanting them to win. It's going to be that line for you a lot where it's like you're rooting for the 49ers to win, but you also want to see Trey Lance. But if they're going to be winning with Jimmy Garoppolo, they're not going to take him out. So like, what would you rather see? I just, this is what I want to see. Trey Lance you, lights you it up in training cake, camp you and wins it, the You job. want your cake and you want to eat it too. Or what's this yeah, thing? Like, just yeah. win the job. How about that? Then all this stuff goes away. Win it out of camp and it'll be fine. Or just let history run its course and Jimmy Garoppolo will get injured in September like he has for, you know, three out of the past four years or well, two out of the last three years, I should say. And then Trey Lance takes over anyway. That's the easiest thing for the 49ers, right? Jimmy Garoppolo starts. He gets hurt. Then there's no like locker room division about, oh, you're pulling Jimmy too soon or any of that. It's just, hey, Trey had to play. And that's the easiest thing for the 49ers. Obviously, that wouldn't be fun for, for Jimmy G. It can always be the Joe Flacco injury. I'm doing little quotes right now. Remember his hip hurt and they mm-hmm. sat him because the team was okay. Like they were okay. They were winning some games, but not like they, they just didn't look good enough. You know, Joe Flacco all of a sudden had a hip injury. Lamar Jackson comes in and takes him to the playoffs. That could be the same type of thing. Yeah. Lamar Jackson comes in and he's lost seven games in three seasons as a starter. Like he's lost yeah. seven games in three seasons. They've been pretty good with Lamar Jackson. All right. Uh, there are some training camp storylines that are out there that I don't know. To me, they don't pass the mustard. I wanted to run them by you. The first is, and this isn't even like 49ers reporters putting this out there. This is like multiple 49ers players, including Jimmy Garoppolo, who decided to drop an F-bomb when he was talking about this. It's Mohamed Sanu, Michelle. We all know the Niners need a number three wide receiver. Mohamed Sanu is apparently tearing it up. And according to Jimmy Garoppolo, quote, looks good. I mean, I'm fine with him being the number three receiver. Like, right. He's just filling Kendrick Bourne's shoes. And it's not to say Mohamed Sanu is not a good NFL wide receiver. Like he's turning 32, which by the way, he's 30, turning 32 guys. So he's probably not going to kill, kill it in the NFL anymore. Just since he has it in a while, but He's also made it in the NFL and he's still like all the way up to 32. Like that's super, super impressive. You have to be good to get there. So I think he's fine filling Kedrick Bourne's shoes, but I think it's a little bit of an over exaggeration to think he's going to turn into some monster this year. I don't ever see like everyone looks fantastic right now in camp, especially if they're not tackling, like can't, can't take too much of what they're saying. Seriously. Well, the other wide receiver that's been getting a lot of love is Brandon Ayuk, who he's one that I feel like the 49ers coaches themselves have. They've been trying to like temper it, but they they also say like they think he's going to be a monster. Like they're not even kind you know, denying the fact that he could be really, really good. Do you buy into that a little bit, given the fact that Brandon Ayuk is not 32 years old? Yes, I do buy into that because earlier in this offseason, I was telling you, like, you guys aren't appreciating Brandon Ayuk enough. I think he can be truly someone special, like one of the best wide receivers in the league talent-wise. Uh, just the plays that he's able to make. I think he's a good route runner. He has good hands. Like, he can be someone special that could be a true wide receiver one on a squad. I think that's Brandon Ayuk. I read uh, one of the days of practice this week. It had either been Wednesday or Thursday the first or second day, but Brandon, you had like five catches and no one else even had more than two, uh, which is a good sign. 
for Brandon Ayuk that he could be the target hog in this offense. And that's what we want for fantasy, right? Like Brandon Ayuk makes me really excited as a player, but he's also a guy I would want on my fantasy teams. Where is he going in drafts? He's going in like the fifth, sixth round. You can get him at a decent value. He's going around like the T. Higgins and the Chase Claypool. T. Higgins might be going a little bit earlier. But around a lot of the other second-year wide receivers who looked impressive last year. So his price is fair. You just have to bet on one of those guys. Like which one takes that next step forward? I could totally see Ayuk doing it. Chase Claypool is really interesting to me too because I like the way the Steelers use him. And you know, I a lot of people seem to have a problem with it. I like guys that score touchdowns, and Chase Claypool can do it like crazy, and he did it already from what we've seen out of him. I think I would take Claypool over Ayuk if it came down to those two. I think I'm still taking Ayuk in PPR leagues. I'm taking T. Higgins over all three. Like, I just think he's going to have a monster year. Big, big fan. I could see him breaking into the top 12. But all of these guys are super impressive. And that's like that class last year was insane because we haven't even brought up Justin Jefferson, who is by far the best one of the class. And Jerry Judy, who I think could break out if, you know, poor him with his quarterback situation. But (laughs) if Teddy Bridgewater wins the job and can beat him like this class is insane. I'm so happy that the 49ers grabbed one of these guys uh, and didn't miss on you know, like Denzel, like didn't take Denzel Mims or something like that. You know, all of these good ones. And you take the one that bombs out. The Teddy Bridgewater fascination. I will never understand like why teams are continuing to put their faith in this guy as a starting quarterback. Not that there's anything wrong with Teddy Bridgewater. He's to me, he's a great backup quarterback. He's a great person. He's overcome a lot, but like he ain't the guy. If you're trying to unlock Jerry Judy and all that, you don't go to Teddy Bridgewater, although I did like this quote from him early in camp. He said, here's why Teddy said he believes he could be the long-term answer. Quote, I'm a survivor. You can throw me in the jungle and I'm going to come out with a fur coat and a headband I made with some leaves. Outstanding, Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, you can say whatever you want. You're not lasting past this year with the Broncos. And uh, get out your bingo card because I'm going to bring up Justin Fields, so you can knock that off every episode. I'm going to bring him up. The Broncos decided to roll with Teddy Bridgewater, Drew Locke, instead of taking uh, their next franchise quarterback for the next decade. Uh, Justin Fields. Like, that's insane to me. Insane. Like, Patrick Sertan is going to be a good corner, but they already have depth at cornerback. Like, you don't choose a corner over a franchise quarterback. And that's why I give the 49ers a lot of credit. They made, they moved, they identified a need. They moved up, even with Jimmy Garoppolo still on the team, they moved up and they found their guy in Trey Lance. And I don't know why teams, like even the Patriots, the Patriots saw Mac Jones there and they grabbed him. Like they didn't screw around. The guy was there and they took him. I don't know what the hell the Bears are thinking. I don't know what the hell the Panthers are thinking, quite honestly. Like you see the need, you got to go make the move and you have to, you know, have faith in your coaching staff like the 49ers obviously do that they can turn whoever gets picked into, you know, the next big thing. Think even like the best corner in the league right now. Like, let's just go with Jalen Ramsey. I I don't feel like fighting with anybody. I'm just naming someone that's at least top three. Jalen Ramsey, you could not trade him right now and grab a Justin Herbert. 
Like Justin Herbert hasn't even proven yet that he's elite, but he looks, you know, after one year, he looks to be elite. Like there's no way the Rams could call up the Chargers and be like, hey, we'll give you Jalen Ramsey for Justin Herbert. And they'd be like, yeah, let's do that. Like quarterbacks matter so much more. It doesn't matter what Sertan turns into. They just, I mean, this isn't a Broncos podcast or (laughs) I, I do try to make it a Justin Fields one, but the fact that, a team could be that like make that terrible of a decision, or at least it seems like. I'm so happy the 49ers are just like, you know what, we're gonna go get our dude. It doesn't matter what it costs. Let's go up. You know, I'm not happy with the decision of who they picked, but I still think Trey Lance is gonna be well worth the cost. Well, speaking of 49ers quarterbacks, there's one more Jimmy Garoppolo question I want to ask you when we come back, because I think you have a good perspective on it. And there's a fantasy football question I wanna ask you too. So we'll do that after the break. Back here on Stats and Mags. All right, Michelle, I have a Jimmy Garoppolo question for you because he's getting a lot of love right now, especially from the 49ers press corps who decided not to. They decided to tweet out his practice stats yesterday on Thursday, but they didn't include that he had an interception for some reason. I don't know how that got left off, but is he paying them? You would think so with how they cover him sometimes, but he's getting a lot of love right now. Let's just say for the sake of argument that that it's all real, right? That Jimmy Garoppolo is better than ever this year. You are a fantasy expert. Where is Jimmy Garoppolo on your radar for fantasy wise? Yeah. And we use expert very loosely here. Anyone can be a fantasy expert. If you just nope, get on Twitter I use and... it in the strictest terms possible, <laughs> uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is not someone I would even look at to take. Cause not only does he not have any type of ceiling, like I want to draft a quarterback that has a high ceiling uh, he you, he also could lose his job at any moment of the season. So he's not someone I'm even wasting a late round pick on. There's far too many other quarterbacks. Uh, as long as you're in a one quarterback league, like I wouldn't even consider looking his way. Uh, obviously, if you're in a two quarterback league or super flex league, which means you can start a quarterback in your flex spot, then Garoppolo is going to be in play. But I, I mean, I might even consider taking Justin Fields over, or not Justin Fields, sorry, Trey Lance over him. Sorry, I got the Fields in my head. Uh, (laughs) Taking Trey Lance over him, holding him on my bench, and hoping he wins out the job. Because Trey Lance starts, he's going to be an instant fantasy like contributor. He's going to be so good for fantasy football due to his legs. Like It's a cheat code for quarterbacks. And if he starts more than you know, 12 games, I can see him sneaking into the top 12 immediately of quarterbacks. All right. Well, if it's a one quarterback league, what about as a backup quarterback option? No, we don't. You don't draft backup <laughs> quarterbacks in one quarterback leagues. Don't waste your what do bench you mean? spot. Don't waste a bench spot of backup quarterback. You, you use your waiver wires for that. No, like in my league, you can't end the draft unless you have two quarterbacks on your roster. Go get a different league. What does that even mean? Why? <laughs> Why? Go get it. You well, want me to pick up a league off the waiver wire? You can't start two quarterbacks in a one quarterback league. You're just wasting bench spots and depth of like, go try to hit on another wide receiver. Like go, go grab any rookie wide receiver that has a chance to break out. At least it gives you a 1% chance of something. Uh, you can find, you know, quarterbacks to start if you need to on the waiver wire all season long. I'm stunned at this advice. And I have to change my whole league setup now. Well, I mean, apparently don't you, like... you have to take two. So that means everyone has two. And then I guess yeah. there won't be as many quarterbacks on the waivers. It does depend on your league, right? Like if everyone's owning two quarterbacks, then you can't just use the waivers. But the leagues I play in, if I'm in a one quarterback league, we all just kind of, you know, take one there's some people who will take two but 
yeah, there's so many, like you just play with the matchups. So, you know, Baker Mayfield probably won't be drafted, but if he gets a matchup against the Bengals, it's like, okay, that's a nice week to play him. So I'll pick him up off waivers then if I need to. Those are the expert fantasy football leagues that you play in? Yeah, those are the those are the expert ones where we don't waste our draft picks on a backup quarterback. Well, okay, one more on this and then we can move on. Like I like the fact though that if because every team has to pick up an extra quarterback and they can't, you know, like you were saying, draft an extra wide receiver or draft an extra running back, that when you do need to go to the waiver wire, there's actually like legitimate, credible options there because people's benches aren't packed with guys because of the quarterback rule. That's fair. And I will say, if I was in your league and I have to take a second quarterback, I'm not taking the Jimmy Garoppolo who has zero ceiling. You can find Jimmy Garoppolo's on your waiver wire, even with people having to. Like, there'll be someone there that has a nice matchup. But I will take a rookie as in Trey Lance and hope he gets a starting job. I'll take Justin Fields, hope he gets a starting job. Like that's the guy I'll be happy keeping on my bench because if when he takes over, they can instantly be top 12 fantasy quarterbacks because of their rushing upside. I'd even find like going Zach Wilson because, you know, he gets to start week one. He doesn't have the same type of rushing upside, but I do think he'll put up like 250 rushing yards, like kind of like Justin Herbert hopefully get into the end zone with his legs. So like those are the type of quarterbacks I would take if I had to take a second quarterback. And the other fantasy question that I teased, I want to get to, because you, I basically scan your timeline for fantasy advice. And the thing I saw this week was interesting. You have a philosophy when it comes to later round picks in your draft. Yes. The philosophy is stop digging in the weeds. So I put out this series called how to be a gold digger. And it's digging for gold in the late rounds and digging for gold doesn't mean to take Tevin Coleman in the double digit rounds because he might get some carries with the jets. It doesn't mean taking, you know, God forbid, like Larry Fitzgerald, everyone loves to take him late, right? Like he's not even on the team right now, but this is a player that everyone's like, Oh, well he'll be okay. We'll take him in the double digit rounds. Like last year's like, stop wasting your draft picks on these guys. You know what they're going to give you. And it's nothing. If they have zero ceiling, don't take them because like I keep saying, you use your waiver wires. So take a shot on one of these rookies, take a shot on a guy like Brashad Perriman, who's going to be the wide receiver one on the lions. Uh, take a shot on Trey Sermon late because he could win the starting job. Um, and you know what? If they fail, they fail. You cost like nothing, but at least you took the shot. If you hit, it's a league winner. If they don't hit, you drop them and you try again on the waiver wires because there's always other people that are going to break out that you can go grab in the waivers. Um, and just wasting a draft pick late. It's just you're just burning it and putting it in the garbage because you know they're going to score eight points a week and be completely pointless for your roster. Okay, there are so many things I love about what you just said. First of all, I feel like we missed an opportunity with the name of the show when it comes to gold diggers. Like, come on, <laughs> that would have been perfect. That should have been the name. I wish we had thought of that. Yeah, we can still change it. Gold diggers, I like it. Second of all, you brought up Trey Sermon. Before we started this show, you you sent me a video. This is like actual text I get from Michelle before the show starts. I just want to read this because it's beautiful. Getting my setup going now. Watch these Trey Sermon runs while you wait for me and get jacked up for the pod. And it's literally a highlight reel of Trey Sermon in college. Like, 
I love that you're ready to go. But not only that, you also provide me like it's like the hold music when you're on the phone. Like, oh, just enjoy this Trey Sermon highlight tape while I get ready. That's fantastic. Thank you. I think 49ers fans are going to fall in love with Trey Sermon pretty quickly because it's a, a running back that you haven't had like as of late at all. It's a type of guy that's not going to go down on first contact. He is going to just try to bulldoze over uh, defenders and he's going to do it successfully. It's going to be really hard to bring him down. And he's not as slow as people make him seem like he has incredible bursts uh, across the line. Like he, he'll, he has plenty of speed to win in the NFL. No, he's not as fast as Raheem Mostert, but I do love, um, I was reading, uh, an article from The Athletic from David Lombardi. And he mentioned that he sees uh, Trey Sermon getting a lot of snaps at first team with the first team unit. And he said the 49ers like to begin games with Tevin Coleman back in 2019 to kind of get the Ugh. defense tired before they brought in Raheem <laughs> Mostert. And he thinks that's how they're going to use Trey Sermon. Like bring him in, start him, get the defense tired because Raheem Mostert is not that type of back. And then you bring in Raheem Mostert for certain plays and like hope he breaks one because the defense is tired, which he totally can do. Like that's the way to make this backfield electric. And then you add in Trey Lance's ability to run. Uh, it, defenses are going to have a really hard time stopping this offense once they get going. Okay, well, first of all, Lombardi, I don't know how tired the defenses were chasing down Tevin Coleman because it was usually within a yard or so of the damn line of scrimmage. I'm pretty sure they were conditioned enough to handle that. Uh, but I do love everything you said about Trey Sermon. I, I've been saying this, and I've been hesitant to say it because people don't like it when I bring it up. To me, he reminds me of Frank Gore. And I'm not saying he's going to be as good as Frank Gore, but a guy who's not a burner but who has great balance who's really difficult to tackle and I feel like who can get the most out of the blocking that he has. And I was doing a little digging. Um, Warren Sharp has this awesome preseason football guide. I, I would implore you guys to pick it up because it is awesome. It's full of interesting nuggets. And here's one on Trey Sermon that I thought was interesting. At Ohio State, Sermon averaged 11 yards per carry when he was untouched after two yards. So that, to me, basically says, as long as you can get him going and give him a little bit of an opening, he can, you know, maximize it and and get all the yards that are there. And that's what I think the 49ers are good at. I think Kyle Shanahan's zone blocking scheme is good enough to give him that space early on. And then hopefully, you know, he can burst through and get to the second level and pick up a bunch of yards. I'm obviously most excited to see Trey Lance play, but Trey Sermon is like right there in terms of the rookies I really want to see. Yeah, this can be such an exciting young offense with Sermon and Lance and Ayuk and Debo. I got a ton of fresh new faces that hopefully they can all just stay healthy together. I will mention there's actually more to the Trey Sermon, Frank Gore story than like people might even notice. I could totally see where you're talking about their play styles. And then also Frank Gore fell to the third round, not necessarily because of his talent. He had a ton of injury issues in college, a ton, like even way more serious than Trey Sermon's. But Trey Sermon also didn't get to show off what he can do until the end of last year because he dealt with a ton of injuries throughout his career, college career, and could never stay healthy. Now, everyone thought like, oh, Frank Gore is never going to be able to stay healthy throughout his NFL career. is not going to last People can kind of been saying that about Trey Sermon. That's why he fell to third. It's like, 
Well, Frank Gore has been the most sturdy running back in the NFL, like ever, to ever exist. The dude does not go down. Uh, so hopefully we can see that same type of thing out of Trey Sermon. I'm not calling for him to have like a 20-year career like Frank Gore because he's not human. <laughs> but it doesn't mean just because they got injured a lot in college that they're going to continue getting injured in the NFL. Frank Gore was drafted in 2005. That's all I'm going to say. Insane. He's a running back who was drafted in 2005. It's 2021 and he technically I don't he's not on a team yet, but he still wants to play, which is amazing. You you talked about the 49ers offense. There were only two games last year where Jimmy G, Kittle, Debo and Ayuk played the entire game. Just two. That's how infuriating all the injuries were last year. We never really got to see what this offense can be with all those guys there. Even if it is Garoppolo over Lance, well, we still don't know how good they can be yet. Now, again, you throw in Sermon, like you said, like, damn, we could be on the cusp of something really exciting. You really could. I just, we need everyone just to stay healthy. I did want to bring up uh, before we end this podcast, like we've been talking a lot about the offense. I do want to talk about the defense a little bit because I'm getting a little bit nervous about the secondary and I want to get your thoughts on it first. Okay. First, we, let's talk about Nick Bosa. So not the secondary, but he's back, right? He's, he's practicing. And oh, he's he back, did baby. say he's not a hundred percent yet, which is fair. I mean, he did tear his ACL and have other damage to his knee. Um, he said he feels better every month, every week. That's great. Are you, are you nervous at all that he's not going to be a hundred percent this year, at least in the beginning? I actually feel better about it after hearing Bosa talk yesterday. I thought he was like really honest and open about his knee. He said at one point, you know, he he was in a dark place when it first happened. But as his body has gotten better mentally, he's sort of come along. But he also said yesterday that he's moving better than he ever has in his career. And he said he was pleasantly surprised at how the knee felt once he actually got out on the field and started doing football stuff with the team. Does that mean he's going to be, you know, 100% ready to go what he was week one? Probably not. I mean, it, you know, it takes time to recover from these things. But just given how positive he was about it, I feel like at some point this year, he will be back to the Nick Bosa we saw in 2019, which I wasn't sure of that last week. Okay, that's all fair. And I, I have said this offseason, like, I think the only way this team, like this team in general is a serious contender as if their defense is legit again, like well above average. And I think the only way they do that is if Nick Bosa is not just Nick Bosa from his rookie season. He has to be an absolute superstar, like superstar status, like a TJ Watt, like Aaron Donald. And I, I think he has that ability. Um, he just needs to be healthy and be out there and he needs to take that next step forward. But now let's talk about the secondary because like, who do you have starting as the second, like winning the starting corner job across from Verrett, that secondary could be real rough. The secondary is dicey. It's not very deep. Um, it is designed to function assuming the 49ers have the kind of crazy pass rush that we think that they could have, like the kind they did in 2019. Their whole defense is founded around the idea of we will get pressure with the front four, then we can leave seven guys back in coverage, and hopefully they're only going to have to cover for like three to five seconds, you know, like three to four, ideally, because I agree, like there, it is not the strongest secondary. In terms of the second cornerback, people are giving that job to Emmanuel Mosley just kind of by default because he's been there and 
He's sort of the second best corner that they have. I'm not so sure. I wouldn't be stunned at all if Ambry Thomas actually won that job, the rookie they drafted out of Michigan. Um, I think it's definitely up for grabs for sure. Kwan Williams is going to be the nickelback. That's his role, his specialty. He's one of the best in the league at it. But, I mean, the secondary is a question mark for sure. There's a reason they're working out Dre Kirkpatrick today. Like, they are still looking, I think, for help in the secondary. And that is clearly the weakest link on the defense by far. And bringing in a guy like Dre Kirkpatrick, like he's not amazing in any way, shape or form, but he still would (laughs) add depth. And you've seen this team deal with a lot of injuries. You lose one of these guys and it's like, Oh my goodness. It's like, imagine if you lose Verrett or if you lose war, like that all of a sudden that secondary is just completely terrible. Um, It is already not very strong with everyone healthy. So I do think they should sign Kirkpatrick or bring in some other vets. Like you need some more depth here. We saw what happened in the 49ers secondary with injuries. The Brian Allen game against Miami, where literally every play, Ryan Fitzpatrick was like, okay, where's Brian Allen? There he is. Throw it to that guy. Touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. It was it was sickening to watch. And it was literally just this poor guy who was coming off like the street or off the practice squad, had no business starting in the game whatsoever, but they threw him out there and he got absolutely torched. And his name will forever be mud in San Francisco because of how bad he was that day. But that's the kind of thing that can happen when you get the amount of injuries that the 49ers have. And and cornerback is the one spot on this team where I feel like they have not built up the depth behind it like the defensive line is absolutely loaded they go seven eight deep on the d-line where you feel okay about it quarterback obviously is loaded they've got multiple receivers linebacker they're okay but like corner is the one spot where i feel like they're really crossing their fingers and saying just just get us through i hope we can survive and if the defensive line is good enough and like i said if nick bosa comes out he's going to open up holes for everyone else to put pressure on the quarterbacks quarterback as well if you put pressure on opposing quarterbacks they're not going to you know the corners are going to feel way less stressed because they're not going to have mm-hmm. to stay with the wide receivers for as long. So it will turn out just fine. If the defensive line can stay healthy, they can put pressure on the quarterback. Like I think they can hold it together. It's just, it's going to be, it's going to be close. It's going to be close. It's going to be hard. They can definitely use some more depth. And I wish they had some picks. I mean, I'm happy they have Trey Lance, but I do wish they had some picks to go get Xavier Howard, because I think that would be such a great trade for a team like the 49ers. Yeah. Well, yeah, I know. And trust me, believe me, that would be fantastic. But yeah, I just don't know. They don't have any picks. I, yeah. They don't have any. Picks. <laughs> I don't unless unless uh, Miami wants Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, I really don't know what the 49ers could offer. It's the NFC West, Michelle. Nobody has any picks. All right. We, we don't true. do first round draft picks in the <laughs> NFC West, but they do do wide receivers. Like it is a scary division for opposing wide receivers. Metcalf, Lockett, Woods, Cooper Cup, DeAndre Hopkins, like it is a loaded division for wide receivers. So if that 49ers pass rush is not special, like you said, it is scary what could happen to that defense. But let's that's let's, true. Who in the world here. is going to cover DK Metcalf? Well, first of all, who can cover DK Metcalf anyway? Like, even if you give me Jalen Ramsey and Hopkins, God. yeah, you're so right about that division. That's gonna be and they all like go too deep. I mean, the Cardinals really have Hopkins, but they still have green and Kirk and now they drafted Rondo Moore it it could be dicey there your offense is going to have to keep up and you're going to need Jimmy Garoppolo not to be throwing five yards on the field every five seconds you're going to have to have that deep passing game that we keep coming back to uh let's just hope Kyle Shanahan figures this thing out 
Well, I think that that's something the 49ers themselves have realized. They know that the odds of the defense getting back to exactly how good they were in 2019 are pretty slim. And that's not a slight on this year's defense. It's just they were amazing. that 29 defense was amazing. And I think they realize that whether it's Jimmy or Trey Lance, like the offense is going to have to pick it up because you just can't roll out the ball and say, well, the defense has got to be historically good again. Like, that's just not fair. So... Like I said, whoever the quarterback is, I think the 49ers know that they are going to have to pick it up a little bit and carry more of that burden, especially in the in the NFC West. It's going to be I mean, it's going to be a dogfight. I hate to use that term, but it's going to be a battle every single week for all the divisional games. How many more weeks do we have before week one? Five? Are we five weeks away? Week one of the regular season. Are you skipping over the preseason? I, I am. Like, I'm ready for this to start. I am excited about training camp. But, but like I said, the training camp stories are really hard to buy into because you've already made up your mind about certain players, right? Like, I made up my right. mind about so many players across the league with fantasy that when reports come out that they look great, I believe them. When they come out that they don't look great, I'm like, oh, no, you're just you're just lying. And then same thing with right. guys I don't like when they look great. I'm like, oh, everyone looks great. And if they look bad, I'm like, see, I told you. <laughs> like, we're all right. just looking for pieces right now to back up our already opinions that we made. Um, so I'm just ready to like get into the season and actually see how it works out. We're looking for affirmation, not information. If it confirms my bias, I'm all for it. If it doesn't, throw it out. In case you're wondering, by the way, Chiefs at 49ers first preseason game is Saturday, August 14th. So we're basically two weeks away from the first preseason game, which I will be locked in on do you think they I want play to Trey Lance you got to right like I wanted one? that's exactly what I want to see I want to see Jimmy Garoppolo play like one series kick his ass out then give me Trey Lance for the rest of the game I don't need to see Nate Sudfeld and Josh Rosen in there I'm sorry let Lance go the whole time I'm like I will be locked in hyper focus, I'll be loading up the game pass after it's over and rewatching every <laughs> single snap. I feel like the NFL teams themselves have caught on now because if you go after preseason games, you'll see like they cut the reels themselves. It's like every throw from insert rookie quarterback here. They already know that that's what fans want to see. So now they're smart enough to do it themselves. I just like week one preseason, not a lot of starters play. You would think they'd get Trey Lance in, but do you really think they're even going to put Jimmy Garoppolo in at all? Like, what's the point of him going out week one preseason game? Yeah, I mean, if they didn't, I would understand. Um, but I also could see him playing like a series. But like week one preseason is perfect because that's hopefully when you get to see Trey Lance. That's hopefully when you get to see Trey Sermon. Maybe some of the defensive rookies that they drafted are going to get like more runs. So because, you know, as we get closer to the regular season, it's going to be starters playing more and more and more. So that's why the first week of the preseason for me is I'm super pumped for it because I want to see all these guys as much as possible. Yeah. And there's only three weeks of preseason now. So hopefully these guys will be playing more each week instead of waiting for that week two, week three. Uh, It's going to be, I'm interested to see how the NFL does these preseason games and how each team decides to play their starters. Cause some, they don't play starters all the whole time, which I feel like ends up backfiring on teams. Yeah, I mean, well, I, I guess it depends who it is. Like, I don't think Aaron Rodgers necessarily needs a yeah, lot of run. But, yeah, we'll have to see because they only have the three weeks. And then they have the weird sort of extra bye week for everybody because there's a dead week now. After the preseason game, there's a week off, and then the regular season starts. So yeah. there's that's another thing that teams are going to have to deal with this year. What are we going to do in that dead week, man? Come on. I know. Just start the season. I know it's Labor Day weekend, but just start it. Started. I'll, I'll do nothing Labor Day weekend if it means that I get to watch football Sunday, but I guess I can be patient for one more week. 
See, you, I don't want to say you have a different scenario because you and your wife run a fantasy football website. So Sunday is like, there's no debate. There's no issue. Like it's football. You guys are locked in the entire time. Oh yeah. My wife Sundays could are care football. less about, <laughs> my wife could care less about football. If, if every football team on the face of the earth just disappeared, she wouldn't shed a tear. So Sundays for me, like I have to be locked in on everything because of this show, because of the SB Nation NFL show that I host. So like I need to be locked in, but man, that is a tough sell for my wife when she loses her husband once football season starts on Sunday. I am very happy that I don't ever have to deal with that. But now I'm happy because back in the day, right? Like, especially when we live near family, it'd be like, oh, what are you guys doing this Sunday? You should come over. We're doing this on Sunday or we have a party. And it's like, oh, well, we want to watch football. Well, now we work in football. So we have to watch football. Like I work on Sundays actually for the NFL Network. So I actually have to be here. But I love that I Mm -hmm. have the excuse now where it's like, oh, no, I have to watch football. I can't come over today because it used to be like awkward to be like, oh, I choose football over you. But it's like, oh, well, I am choosing football over you because leave me alone on Sundays. It's my Sundays. Right. Leave me alone. I only get 16 of you... them a week or 16 of them a year. Uh, maybe some playoff games, but let me be on Sunday. Yeah. It's great to be able to turn people down that you would have turned down anyway, but now you have no guilt about it. Yeah. You're like, Oh, well, sorry. A hundred percent. And now you get, you get the extra Sunday this year because it's the 17th game. So that's even one more week for you. I love it. I love it so much. And I even love the playoff games when the Steelers aren't in it. Like, I'm sure you still love watching playoff football even when the 49ers aren't in it. It's a blast. Last question for you, and I just thought of this. It's a fantasy question. So all my leagues generally have it where the championship is either week 15 or week 16 because you don't want your championship in the final week of the season when teams are resting their stars because you want your stars, obviously, to play in the most important game of your season. With the 17th week now, how how are your leagues adjusting to that? Are you still wrapping things up at like week 15? So we'll have the championship game week 16. So okay. it'll be start the playoffs week 14, second round 15, last round 16. So pretty much the same thing as before where you have that. Or no, wait, so we have week 18 now, right? So it'll be week 17 right. will be the last week. So he starts 15, 16, 17. You're in week 17 and nobody right, will play. So you just 18. pump everything up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That week, by the way, with no fantasy football is such a different watching experience than every other week of the season. Cause in my head, I'm still like, oh, yes, this guy scored. That's good for, oh, no, wait, the season. And it's going to be such matter. an odd year because we have no idea what week 18 is going to look like. Like a lot of times in week 17, we see a bunch of starters sitting if they already have their seed locked in. But like, what if? what if that doesn't change at all? And it's like by week 17, they pretty much already have their seed locked in. So they sit them like would a team sit for two weeks. That seems like that'd be too many weeks, but we might be having like two week 17s over here. We have no idea. Yeah, that's sketchy. I don't even want to, I could already see somehow me getting screwed by that and losing out on a potential fantasy <laughs> football championship. Oh yeah, we're going to rest the quarterback for two weeks because he's really banged up. Ah, crap. Like now if, I'm starting Jimmy Garoppolo. If the Chiefs are 15-0 and 0 going into week <laughs> right. 17, I guess they'd go for the undefeated season, but you know what I mean. If they're 14-1 are they, and they have the number one seed locked up, they might really take it easy on Patrick Mahomes. Be like, okay, you'll play a couple drives a game to end up the season. That's going to do it for this edition of Stats and Mags. If you have a fantasy football question or if you want to tell us how your fantasy football league is adjusting to the extra week of the regular season, let us know. Leave us a comment and a review on iTunes or anywhere you listen to your podcast. 
Enjoy your week, everybody. Happy Friday. For the Gold Digger, Michelle Majuk, I'm Rob Stats Guerrera. We'll talk to you next week. Bye, y'all.